All right, it's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride interview series. I'm the editor-in-chief over at arrowheadpride.com, and I'm joined by my 610 sports radio colleague, a friend of mine, and probably the most passionate Chiefs fan you know, Jay Binkley. Welcome to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. What's going on, Pete? How are you doing today? I think this is a long time coming. You've asked me to be on the Arrowhead Pride Network for a while. How does it feel to finally be on? Well, it feels good. You know, Arrowhead Pride radio show during the week, Arrowhead Pride game <laughs> show. I'm doing all the stuff, but yet I'm not doing Arrowhead Pride. You take my guy Kramer. Um, you get my good friend Serta. I mean, you've done all the stuff. It's like I feel a part of it. It's been a little bit of an Arrowhead. outside. You're right. It's been a little bit of an Arrowhead Pride poaching, so sorry about that. We're going to get into today the Kansas City Chiefs preseason awards. So we're approaching the NFL season. We're approaching the 53-man cutdown, which means the regular season is going to be here before we know it. So we're going to get into the preseason awards for this team with myself and Jay Binkley. As you heard, Arrowhead Pride Radio will be coming at you, I believe, the first or second week of the season. Depends on when the Kansas City Royals are done. But Wednesdays at 6 p.m., we'll be putting the replay of that show right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. So this is the first of many times you'll be hearing from the great Jay Binkley. You could, of course, hear him on Bink at Night on 610 Sports Radio. If you like the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, we always say this. Please rate and review us. All right. Enough of all the chatter. Let's get into the preseason awards, and we'll start off with this one, Jay. Most likely to improve by the end of the season, who is your pick here? You know, I'm going to go with Byron Pringle. I, I just think that, uh, you know, he's got that chance. He's flirted with getting the football. He was the first chief to catch a touchdown pass last year in the Super Bowl. I thought he was Andy Reid's good graces, got hurt in that Raiders game. But he's just kind of been a guy, just a guy that we don't talk about. Like Byron Pringle's name doesn't come up when people say Kansas City needs that number two receiver or yeah. that number three receiver. But all he does is catch, and he works his butt off in the offseason. I mean, it's like a Tyree Kill-type work ethic, and, the way he's uh, developed and run routes and stuff. I think at the end of the year, we'll say Byron Pringle's better than I thought. I'd say this. Every time the ball's in Pringle's hands, it really does seem like good things happen. By the way, I don't know about you, Jay. My favorite Pringle flavor is sour cream and onion. What is yours? You know, I just like, you know, I'm a standard Pringles guy. I do oh, the don't say it. I will no, tell you barbecue. a story, though. Mitch okay. Schwartz, the former chief Mitch Schwartz, was in a uh, studio with Carrington. They were doing that barbecue, they do that barbecue competition. Okay. And we've got those, all those new flavors of Pringles at work. And he was sitting there staring at it. He was fascinated <laughs> by the different flavors of Pringles. I don't even know what they are, but they're like, you know, like bold barbecue and everything else. But anyway, <laughs> Mitch Schwartz was fascinated with those. Yeah, uh, he is a, a food connoisseur now Absolutely. that he, I don't want to say retired. It seems like a little, I'll, I'll go semi-retired. It seems like yeah. he's leaning into Still some there. of the barbecue. We'll see if he pops up later in the year as maybe tackles get injured. We know that an offensive lineman can get injured. want to give you my pick for most likely to improve by the end of the season. I almost went McCole Hardman, but I'm going to be frank here. I don't trust him. I'm hoping. I'm optimistic. I don't trust him to be the most improved on this team. I'm going to go defense, Jay, and I'm surprised you didn't. Mike Dana, I like the way that he looked at training camp, and it seems like the team has really leaned into this player. In the one-on-ones, he was rather impressive on what has been this rebuilt Chiefs offensive line. So I like Mike Dana for most improved. I think he's one of the reasons, and I know Tim Ward was another one, 
But Mike Dana was one of the reasons the Chiefs felt comfortable with getting rid of Taco Charlton at the 80-man cutdown, leaning into some of these younger players. I like that a lot, uh, Pete. Not only that, but they've been moving him inside and outside. A lot like right. Chris Jones. Chris Jones, yeah. You know, Mike Dana's a fascinating story. You know, Didn't get invited to the combine. The Chiefs still threw a dart at him anyway in the draft. I mean, that doesn't happen to all guys. So I do like that selection. Turk Wharton, Tim Ward, all those kind of guys. But Mike Dana would probably be the high top list. So much Chiefs. love. So much love for the offensive line and what they were able to do, but the defensive line, low-key, maybe one of the points to watch this season for the Chiefs. All right, let's go to the next award, and this is not really an award, more so a low light, I guess you would say, of the preseason for the Chiefs. Who do you think is the most likely to regress by the end of the season? And this is a tough one, Pete. I mean, this is this is tough because you can't on everybody. Yeah. I'm going to say the, the the necessity of Frank Clark. Oh, you Frank picked Clark, mine. We're we're in agreement okay. here. You you go with well, your reasoning first. Well, we didn't talk about it, but obviously when he got here, he was expected to perform right away. You know, and I know the Chiefs bring in Jerry Reed. They had all the success, 141 pressures when they were together that final season, 23 and a half sacks. I just don't think the pressure is going to be on, and you know, I don't know what the distractions are going to be with what's going on or not. But they're right. not relying on him as much. He was a relied upon piece that defensive line. I just don't think he's relied upon. Now, he could thrive in that type of situation. You hate to say it about a 28-year-old, but you never know. Yeah, we have the off-the-field situation, which we don't need to get into. It remains a mystery. And then yeah. I think what's been obvious, and it shouldn't be obvious here, is Chris Jones is switching to the edge position after, what, four years in the league? Yeah. And he's the best edge player the on the team. And it's not even close. And so I look at Frank Clark, and you look at that 2022 decision. The Chiefs have a decision here, and it's a $19.5 million decision with a team that is always thinking about cap space, especially as the Patrick Mahomes contract gets more expensive from a cap standpoint. And so this, to me, with Clark regressing, in my opinion, and agreeing with you, is going to make the decision so easy for Brett Veach. What would be bad is if Clark was playing at a high level, which we don't anticipate, uh, when you get to the 2022 offseason, of course, you want him to have success this year. But I don't think it's going to be even close to enough success to even think about keeping that contract number. Who else are you going to pick? I mean, you're, you look at the offense. It's a young offensive line. You're hoping right. no regrets now. Emma Holmes, Hill, Kelsey. Right. Then you look at defense, maybe Hitchens, Frank Clark. I mean... I, I thought it was kind of between those guys. All right, Jay, let's move on to the next category here. We have surprise team darling. And I know you like yourself, Jay, a good dark horse. Who's your surprise team darling here? Okay. I was a little bit confused by this. Does Trey Smith count on that? I think so because he's, he's a rookie. He's never played an NFL game. A lot of national buzz for a rookie who's never played a snap. But I think I think you can go with Trey Smith. Why'd you pick him? I picked Trey Smith, Pete, and, you know, going back to draft night, just looking at the value. I mean, here's a guy with the Chiefs draft cap on at his media conference thinking the only first and second round picks get those things, right? He's a six-round pick that's got all the hats. And he's got the Chiefs head on right away. I love the pick. I love his little uh, minutes on Fox Sports with the Big Boy Club with Jeff Schwartz. I like his attitude. I like his disposition. I like how cerebral he is to the game of football. You know, going back to when his high school coach, told him he's too big to be too soft, flipped the switch. And ever since that day, he's flipped the switch in the number one recruit in the nation. I just think when I was watching him, it's like he's got something to prove. And like Legereus Steed, if you redrafted last season, he's a first-round pick. Honestly, Pete, I think after this season and going forward, when you look back at this draft and you see all the redrafts, he's a top-20 pick, maybe a top-15 pick when they redraft after this season. 
that's where I think the ceiling is for him. Trey Smith offers Brett Veach the opportunity to have back-to-back years where he could have the proverbial steal of the draft. You're already seeing that buzz from Trey Smith. He looked fantastic at camp in both one-on-ones and scrimmage drills. He's locked the position. Apologies to Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, who's dealing with the hand, but he should provide fantastic depth whenever he is available. But depth is all he's going to be because Trey Smith, again, is your right guard. My surprise team, darling, a little bit more of a surprise than yours, Jay, was cornerback Mike Hughes. I think he's looked good. I think it's been impressive that he's had the competition of DeAndre Baker, a former first rounder. He's had the competition of Rashad Fenton, who has at times with this Chiefs team gotten some of the trust to be that versatile guy who can play inside and outside. And he's really won what would be that outside uh, cornerback position, that right cornerback in what would be the, the nickel. And I think he's also a dark horse to replace McCole Hardman as punt returner. If all goes well with McCole Hardman offensively, and he becomes a bigger and bigger piece, similar to what we saw with Tyree Kill when he was getting integrated into the offense back in the days of Alex Smith, I think there might be a scenario where he's taken off punt return. I think in the limited looks at training camp, Demarcus Robinson has been driving Dave Tope nuts, which we know. Uh, we know about Darius Shepard. To me, Mike Hughes, aside from what would be McCall Hardman, who we really haven't seen in the preseason, has looked pretty good in punt return. And I, I would like to see him maybe do it more. And who knows if he gets that job by the end. And of course, uh, being that cornerback in the nickel is a critical role, especially in today's NFL. And so uh, I like Hughes there as my surprise team, darling. Again, a little bit more of a dark horse pick than yours, but I, I think he has a chance. Oh, no, it's a good pick, Pete. Now, Mike Hughes. Listen, this guy's got the talent. I mean, you know, outside of the injuries, it's kept him off the field. But you go back to that undefeated UCF team that he was in college. He had three returns for touchdowns. Not a lot of experience either. Played his first year at North Carolina State. Had to bounce to Juco his second year. Then he plays his third year. He's in the NFL. Injuries have hampered him. But just go back to what Dave Tope said. You're gonna, this guy's going to surprise you on special teams. And, he and has, I think but not only punt returns, Pete, this guy can do kickoff returns as well. He scored on both back in college he can flash but i'll tell you this much i like the progression of deandre baker and if not for breaking that femur last year i do believe he would have really challenged hughes more this year yeah i certainly agree and baker will provide depth if hughes ultimately wins out right now it seems like it's going to go that way and we'll see mike hughes can also play inside and outside and we talked about brett veach brett veach virtually got him for free the chiefs decided to go away from bringing him back bashad breland he ends up with the vikings and hughes was i believe it was just a seventh to sixth round upgrade for the vikings essentially a trade in a sense without yep. having the trade uh, you're trading off breland goes to minnesota hughes comes to kansas city we'll see how it plays out but there. isn't this what a gm does i mean this reminds me of john schneider in seattle you know, yeah. people are grabbing Spencer Ware and Ron Parker off the scrap heap. I mean, a, a good GM is great with the contracts, which he's proven to be. you got to be able to draft. Most of his drafts have been good. One, still questionable, but they've all been good. What can you do in free agency? Can you make good trades? Yeah, Parker Inger for Sharius Ward. Boom. Can you get undrafted free agents? Byron Pringle, Darren Williams. Uh, we don't know about Key yet. We'll, we'll find out about that. But he, 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 can you – Bring a guy in and take that talent up like a Mike Hughes or DeAndre Baker. I mean, he's really checking all the boxes you'd like to see from a GM. All right, let's move on. We're going to most likely to win offensive MVP, and we have to do this with every time we talk about this conversation. you got to take Patrick Mahomes out of it because – he might win the NFL MVP. I think he's about to be number one in the NFL top 100 on Sunday. Remains to be seen. Uh, but, so who, but Jay, who is your most likely to win offensive MVP other than PM2? 
You know, if we take him out of the equation, I have to go with Mr. Steady, Old Faithful, that geyser that goes up at the Yellowstone. You've seen it, Pete. It's none other than Travis Kelsey. Woo. This guy, yeah, at his age, he just keeps getting better. Like every single year, he gets better. You have to look. He's had over two, 100 catches in two of the last three seasons, and the one he did was 97. He's averaging 101 catches a year. What he's doing is redefining the position. He is so critical for this offense. He's critical for the development of the younger players. But he's not yet a, he's not yet ready to, you know, give those duties over to Noah Gray. Not yet ready to give those to Jody Fortson. He'll help him. But he's still the guy in Kansas City. That's your offensive MVP. I pick the Robin to, if Kelsey's Batman, or you can maybe flip him depending on how the yardage goes. But I pick Tyreek Hill. Okay. I think I think I picked Hill because of this reason. I think there's still room for Hill to put up more production. And not that Travis, it's impossible that Travis Kelsey can have a better year than last year. It would be very difficult to have a more productive year for Kelsey than last year. And I think he'll still be productive. I think he'll be in the 12 to 400 yardage range, which you would take any, any year. But I think Tyreek Hill somehow, despite all these touchdowns and all this yardage, still has room to grow. And so I leaned him, but I could easily see it being Kelsey as well. This is a 1A, 1B type of thing for this 100%, team. 100%. Easy, easy decision. One of those, guys. One of those two. Most I likely. Clyde's got, I think Clyde's going to. I think maybe their numbers. I know they have the 17th game, but I could see some of those numbers coming down a little bit if Clyde has the type of year I think he's going to. Especially in the passing game. Clyde right now is dealing with some type of ankle injury. Remains worth monitoring. We'll keep you updated on that at arrowheadpride.com. Most likely to win defensive MVP, Jay. This was a tough one. No, actually, it wasn't. This was actually the easiest question on the board. <laughs> it's Chris Jones. You almost have to doubt. take Chris Jones out of it like the Mahomes thing. I'm not, we're not there yet, but we're, we're getting close. Well, you know, when he came here, it was Honey Badger. That was the quarterback of the second. Right. Just like you asked him. You said uh, Patrick Mahomes. You asked him what he could say. He said, you be yeah. the quarterback of the defense. As good as he is and back-to-back all pros, Tyron Matthew, it's Chris Jones. He's got another level. P, you were up there at training camp every single day. Uh, the days that I was up there, it's like one of the first things I noticed. Was like, man, what is going on with Chris Jones? I love it, man. He's always a great player. But to have a great player and get to the next level is the toughest thing to do. Once you've already kind of arrived in the NFL, which he did with 15 and a half sacks last year, if you can take it to another level and you can be versatile swing where you go on the outside and inside, like we've seen J.J. Watt do in the past, play on the inside and the outside. We've seen him at left defensive end in the preseason, right defensive end in the inside. The most versatile. I think he's the honey badger at the defensive line. He is the badger. He takes what he wants. Even Brett Beach talked to James Palmer, and he said he's had the best training camp I've seen. I 100% agree because I've been saying that since day one at training camp. Kudos to him for continuing to drive forward after getting the contract. That doesn't always happen in the NFL. And I think this versatility along the line, shifting in and out, whatever the percentage breakdown is, is going to be really tough for offensive lines to deal with. Suddenly you have Chris Jones lining up against you, and that hasn't happened all game. I think he might break the sack record. I went bold a few years ago and said the Chiefs would go undefeated. I think he does. I know you I, he's got an extra game. It, that, that's the undefeated record thing has become Fesco's bit, and I can't, but I can't, he, I can't. Will he play in the extra game? We play in that game. I mean, we all talk about the extra game. We'll see. We all talk about the Chiefs cruising through the season. Will they play? Will don't they forget the Chargers situation. Don't forget, Jay. Andy Reid. He does let players play if they want. We've seen it with Kareem Hunt. We've seen it with Mitch One Schwartz. Play. One play, Pete. He was able to get it done, but we've seen it. <laughs> 
we we've seen it in the past. We saw he got the record, so he, he went ahead and pulled him out. But uh, sack record, huh? I, I know I know that's bold. You heard it here first. Chris Jones, say goodbye to Michael Strahan, and he's not even going to need Aaron Rodgers to give him the last sack, Michael. Yeah, to, Come to on. What do we do? Did, yeah. uh, which opponent on the schedule do you have as the biggest blowout, Jay? I think there's three really nice choices. Okay. One's going to upset your father. <laughs> I know that. Um I mean, the Giants at home, it's a Monday night game. You kidding? Liquefied crowd, Monday night. I know the Giants, they, they showed some progress last year. They really did. There, there's some parts of that team I like. They're at the Bengals. Right. But, again, it's a road game. Road games don't bother the Chiefs. They're 15-1 on the road the last two years. The Steelers at home, because I'm not a big fan of what the Steelers are this year. Right. And I've seen what Patrick Mahomes could do to that team. But I'm going Monday night football, the Giants. I think this gets out of hand. Sorry, Big Pete. No, I – Jay, I think you're right on the money. I made this point and I wrote this down. This might be the Raiders if the Chiefs were not their division rival. The Raiders really play the Chiefs like it's their Super Bowl and it always winds up being their Super Bowl because they never make the playoffs. They were able to get the win last year and we all know about the victory lap. But I'm going with the New York Giants too. I understand the franchise pedigree, the Mara family, how great the Giants franchise has been for the NFL. Why is this game on primetime? This thing it's, is going to be over by the half, that, and it's Monday night that. football. It's the only game of the the day. I I don't I don't get how it made its way to primetime. It's going to be a complete blowout, and I think it's the biggest blowout of the year. And it's it's going to be embarrassing for the Giants franchise. I do feel feel bad for them a little bit. All right, yeah, a little bit surprised they picked that. Still in seventeen game record prediction, Jay. I'm going to go fourteen and three. I'm going to go fourteen and three on the season. I. And again, you know, this is a one loss or two loss team. They, I give them the three because I do feel they'll be in position in that final week of the season to play any given Sunday. <laughs> you know, starts in Jarek McKinnon. Let's see some Jody Fortson stand up that last game of the season. If I'm that's the case. I mean, Henny is going to have a lot riding on that game because this yeah. has been an historic streak against the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos are week 17, and, and we saw the Chiefs lose that division game last year. 11 in a row. Because of the backups playing where Herbert was able to get it. So uh, will it be a case where Henny is able to keep that streak alive? I know for years and years the Broncos were on the other side of that, and we've really enjoyed uh, this side of it. I also had 14 and three. I, I think you're right on the money there. I think there are some tough games. It's going to be really hard to win all 17 games, despite Patrick Mahomes words this off season. So 14 and three, we're in agreement there too. Great minds think alike a lot on this podcast, Jay, who do you have the chiefs playing? If you, if you have them there, who do you have them playing in the AFC title game? Josh Allen, step on up, <laughs> get your medicine from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Once again, because in Buffalo, Pete, they're mm -hmm. sitting around saying, you know what? We didn't get Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. but we got Josh Allen. Now, you ask people in Buffalo, do an anonymous poll, sit down and write down who you'd rather have, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. It's Patrick Mahomes. In some, in some sense, they're content by the fact they have Josh Allen. He is not Patrick Mahomes. It will be the Buffalo Bills. Once again, bridesmaids. Yeah, I I don't have the Bills. Um I, I, I don't think they're starting the season off on the right foot with all this Cole Beasley baloney. Now, this is a long way away, so they can obviously get over that. I like L.A., as I've said before, but oh, I don't have e, I, e, I don't e. I don't 
I don't have them higher than the, the five seed. I don't have them winning the division. And if they're the five seed, they can only play the Chiefs in what would be the divisional round. And so if the Chiefs advance there, which I expect them to, I was going to pick Baltimore, but I'm going to be bold again. Give me Mac and Bill, baby. Mac Jones in his rookie season versus and the revamped New England Patriots versus Patrick Mahomes to go to Super Bowl 56. When you have this long of a season it's just hard for me to bet against bill belichick as i'm seeing mac jones in the preseason look tom brady like making all the throws slow and but surely navigating the offense if they're smart in new england i like cam newton but if they're smart in new england mac jones will start from the beginning of the year so maybe by the end of the year he can make a run and he has that nfl experience it's too long away for me to bet against bill belichick i understand he won seven and nine last year mac jones has changed my mind that is a very, very bold pick. I'm going to say that. It's a very, you know, very bold pick. You know what? They, they have owned the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, they didn't last right. year without Tom Brady and the uncertainty. But they had won 32 out of 35 against the Buffalo Bills with Tom right. Brady there. I, I like what Sala's doing to the Jets. Uh, the Dolphins were a 10-win team last year. I think the division is tougher. I think they take some L's. Uh, Cleveland would have been my other choice, Pete, had I not gone Buffalo. I am. I know I you love really you, high on that Cleveland bandwagon. You love Buffalo and Cleveland. I like I Baltimore and LA. One of us is going to be right. We'll see, Jay. All I right, who did they, took the biggest step out of any of them this offseason? Except they don't have a quarterback. Who do the Who do the Chiefs play in the Super Bowl, Jay? Who do you have coming out of the NFC? Discount double check, baby. Just <laughs> his swan song with the Green Bay Packers before he ends up with the Broncos next year and gives them six different quarterbacks starting in six straight. First season, first games of the season. I have uh, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, part deuce because they play in the regular season. Uh, the Packers have been on the doorstep the last two years. I think this this year they finally kick it down. Yeah, I've been bold the whole podcast, going with the sack record, going with the New England Patriots. I'm going to keep it bold here and say the Matt Stafford, L.A. Rams, uh, despite that team having no running back right now, seemingly. Uh, I know it's show. I know it's sexy. Whatever. I believe in McVay. I, I, I watched this man go to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. And I saw him kneel at the feet of Bill Belichick <laughs> before the game started. That game I know, was over. When he could, I know he you don't like McVay. I'm glad you texted me. You're a great coach. You're, you're a great guy. No, you don't <laughs> say those things before the Super Bowl. I like you know, me some McVay. Sean McVay was texting with Belichick. Is Belichick you? Hey, we probably going to see the Rams. Jay, have, did you see McVay take his shirt off during Hard Knocks? I mean, this guy's oh, chiseled. Dude, he takes care of his body. He's a brilliant NFL mind. He finally has they his quarterback. They lost 50% of their secondary to the Browns. The Rams beat the Packers in the NFC title game. The, the Bucks aren't even there. They aren't even there. One one hit wonder. Tom Brady should have retired. All right. Bonus questions for next year. So we're going real deep. What will Eric Bieniemy's 2022 NFL job title be, Jay? He'll be a head coach. Where? As, I know. I know. I've said this the last two or three years, but I think he ends up a head coach in the National Football League. You know. I wouldn't put it past uh, the Denver Broncos to start looking Ooh. in that direction with Vic Fangio. <laughs> if Vic Fangio can't something. get the job done. But, you know, it's a head coaching job you take it. Even if it's in the division, you have to Absolutely. take it. But if I'm any team in this division, if I was the Chargers, I was hiring Eric Bieniemy this year. Who knows right. Patrick Mahomes better than anybody? Who has been here since day one of Patrick Mahomes? Eric Bieniemy. Who's been here since day one of Andy Reid? Eric Bieniemy. You're right. Um, maybe – you know, if the Texans situation doesn't work out, you know, I, I don't see him going back down there. That thing was kind of not right from the beginning. It didn't work out with him. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I seriously think he'll be a head coach next year. And don't rule out the division either. I can see uh, 
I can see the Broncos throwing a lot of cash his direction. I agree with you. I think he'll finally get the head coaching position. The Texans job ultimately went to a former Chiefs assistant Cully, in yeah. David Culley. I like the Minnesota Vikings. I think they're a little bit of a mess up there. I know that they really love Zimmer. If they don't make the postseason this year, that could be it for Zimmer. They may want to take the franchise in a sure. completely different direction. And don't forget, that was where Biennemi made his initial mark in the NFL, working with the Adrian, Bears. Right, Adri- Adrian Peterson. Well, I, I like Nagy to keep his job if he would if freaking he start Justin, Justin Fields. Field. He's going to be fired. I, he has to, at a certain point, start Justin Fields and make the playoffs. And I think well, that once I, he loses four or five games, he'll start him, but he should go starting from day one. I think it's Nagy will. Player. I think Nagy will see the writing on the wall by week two. By week to, two. I mean. All right, last question. We got to be a little bit quicker here. We got to get out soon. Will Tyron Matthew, and we know that he's changing his jersey number next year. So sorry, yep. Mike Hughes, if he's here. Will he wear number twenty-one for the Chiefs in twenty twenty-two? I think so, Pete. I mean, I, he's not going to get that Jamal Adams money this right. year. He's already the highest-paid safety. He's twenty-nine years old um, before these other contracts. Uh, kick in. It'll be somewhere between Justin Simmons and Jamal Adams, uh, but I do think he's back here with the Chiefs. He's just too important to him as kind of an on-the-field coach, and they truly value that safety position. I mean, look at Daniel Sorensen. I mean, they just yeah. truly, truly value, and I do believe he's back. You've outlined all the reasons for me. I just think he's a team leader. I don't know how you let this guy go. I know it's been a little bit dicey with tweets and deleted tweets, and he said, she said, but once this contract is up, so long as Matthew stays healthy this year, that's going to be part of it now. It really is, and it's unfortunate, but it is the case. So long as he stays healthy this year, the player who wants to make the Hall of Fame, that means he needs another six, seven, eight years of positive production on the defensive side of the football. He's looking for that. I think it makes uh, plenty of sense to bring him back, even if his uh, contract will run out after the 2021 season. I want to reiterate, Pete Sweeney, Jay Binkley, Arrowhead Pride Radio, coming at you 6 p.m. in Kansas City live every Wednesday during the Chiefs regular season. We'll be putting that uh, that night, so late Wednesday, early Thursday on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, so you'll be hearing uh, Jay's lovely voice again. You could also catch him on Think at Night, especially once the Royal season is up uh, from 6 to 9, 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. Jay, thank you for joining us today on the Arrowhead Pride interview series. Thank you, and thanks for inviting. <laughs> of course, keep it locked in on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I'm the editor in chief, uh, Pete Sweeney. Coming up on Friday, it's Show and BK on the Chiefs. Thanks for joining us.